From the PSIA ASI Mobile Studios in Annapolis, Maryland, I'm George Thomas, and you're listening to First Chair. We're speaking with Greg Fatigate this evening. And Greg, tell us about uh, some pretty big things that are coming up this season. Yeah, we have a uh, national team tryout in 2020. And I'm looking forward to uh, submitting an application packet to hopefully be selected to try out for the snowboard national team. So how does that work, Greg? What goes into those packets? Are you chosen to submit them? How how does that work? Well, I can speak more specifically to the Eastern Division. I'm pretty certain most divisions uh, operate in this way, but each division will hold a um, a few years, uh, a season or two prior to the to the national tryout year, they'll, they'll hold a um, divisional tryout to select people that they would endorse uh, to, to create an endorsement for those folks to try out um, at, at the national tryout. And that endorsement is just a part of an entire packet that we submit um, prior to the winter of the tryout. Um, that application packet includes a resume, um, a five-minute video sample, uh, writing sample, um, references, and um, from all that, uh, I believe I, I believe they you know they select um, I believe it's twenty people to actually go to the actual tryout. I can't speak to how many people actually submit packets, um, but I, I know that there have been people that have submitted packets and, and not been selected. So you know I don't want to presume that. I'm going to be selected, and I, I, I hope I am selected to try out. So what's that like as you're putting that together? Does that have, once you made uh, the selection to try out for the selection, it, it sounds like this could just be a really long series of butterflies in your stomach, or do you just, this is part of my job, this is what I want to do, and I'm doing it. How about I say uh, yes to both? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it certainly is a bunch of a, a lot of butterflies. Um, I, you know, I, I've uh, I've been very fortunate to have a long a long career in snowboarding. Uh, lots of ups and downs. Lots of uh, yeah, lots of ups and downs. And um, you know, as a result, it's a little bit easier to take things in stride. So, but nonetheless, of course, there are certainly butterflies. Um, even at the uh, you know when we had the eastern the Eastern tryout uh, for the Eastern team. Um, again, that's that endorsement. Um, you know, I, I was trying out with a bunch of people I know very well. Um, the selection was being run by people that I know very well. And I was nervous at the end. You know, you can never take anything for granted. Um, you know, none of this stuff is a handout uh, by any means. And, um, you know, you always have to, just like every day at work, you always have to put out your best and put on the best face and always try to get a little bit better each day. How did you get started in snowboarding, and then how did you get started in teaching? I got started in snowboarding in the um, uh, from a friend of mine named Matt, uh, Matt Pross, a friend of mine from New Milford. He was super into it. He made it look like a lot of fun. Um, he was uh, he, he definitely inspired me to, to get going and to, um, you know, I... He basically was between him and another friend of mine, Rick, uh, uh, helped me learn, and we flopped and flailed a lot together. Um, I really enjoyed it, and you know, the it wasn't even through the first season. I was trying to think of ways, like, okay, 
this stuff can be, uh, I, I want to be able to do this. I want to keep being able to do this. How can I do this and do a lot more of it? Not necessarily how can I do it and not spend money, but how can I do it and do more? And that's where teaching came in. And oddly, teaching kind of happened almost by accident. Um, there was a, a little local hill um, right down the road from where I lived. And um, we would go there. They had a rope tow. They let us set up any park feature we wanted. It was pretty cool that way. And every now and then, the owner of the place would get a lesson. We'd just randomly come in, say, we want a lesson. And he would basically come out and enlist any of us that he could find and say, hey, do you want to teach this person a lesson? And after a little bit of a back and forth, I, you know, we, we would agree to do it. I, um, and I started teaching. I really enjoyed it. You know, I... I enjoy working with people. I enjoy watching people succeed. That's always been something that um, has been a part of me. And it, it stuck. Um, you add to that, that I could get a lift ticket for free. And it was a double bonus. What is your favorite thing in snowboarding to teach? And what's your favorite level to teach? You know, it's, I, okay, so level, I'm going to have to say all of it. I, I know it sounds kind of, like, cheeky, but I, I, there's not really one level I like more than the other. Obviously, I love the, the super high-level one, because I can go out and, you know, have... I, I, I can be in the terrain that I might choose to ride that particular day with a student. Um, and beginners, right that, back down to that level, you know, you can get people into the sport. But pretty much the reason I say any level is because at any level I can um, I can work with someone and get them to be successful or to achieve a goal that they didn't think they could do prior. And that's the thing that I like the most, so that's going to be why I'm going to say any level. Um, however, the, 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 the type of lesson I like most is anything where people have some apprehension coming in um, because... Yeah, and it doesn't matter the level again, just if they have some kind of apprehension coming in or they feel they're a little gun shy, maybe they don't feel like they can, they, they're they going to be able to be successful and being able to work with them and being able to put them into a, hopefully a lower fear situation and coming out on the other end successful is, that's definitely the, the lesson I like. And, you know, that can work in so many different situations. Um, I see it. I, I don't know. I, I I might I might end up just slathering on and how that situation comes up in in uh, many um, disciplines of snowboarding. You know, I love your answer because I was just going to ask you a really weird question, but it, it was totally in my head. Which is, what's your favorite personality type to teach? Okay, so I could probably narrow that one down, and. I, for some reason, I always seem to connect very well with um, mothers of young children. I, I couldn't tell you why, but um, normally, I, you know, without getting deep into that demographic, they tend to maybe want to focus more on their children rather than them. Maybe they're a little bit more reserved or anything like that. And it's it's a that's a fun, it's a for me a satisfying demographic because. Um, it really reaches that thing that I was speaking to before about working with people through fear and getting them to 
uh, you know, gain, gain confidence and realize like, hey, yes, I can in fact do this. How do you do that with yourself when you hit some type of terrain, whatever it is, where you feel some fear? Do you use the same type of uh, motivational techniques with yourself that you would with a student? Well, you see, George, that's interesting because I'm not afraid of anything. <laughs> Except taking a big um, exam for the national team. <laughs> no, um, that, that was an excellent question. Actually, uh, I, I wrote an article um, a couple, two, two, three years ago for our regional newsletter called the uh, the forty year old freestyle rider or something like that, and it spoke to just that. That you know, I, I don't think anyone's ever fearless, but I do know when I was in my twenties. And me, even my early 30s, I was less fearful than I am now. Um, and so now I tend to, you know, especially with park riding, which I do try to still be progressive with. Um, I, I try to always be progressive with all aspects of my riding. I'm not trying to ever hit a plateau. And in order to do that, I do take that same kind of coaching aspect where I take small steps towards a goal. And it doesn't need to be linear that, okay, I did this five times, now I do this five times, now I do this five times, and boom, I can do it. It's not necessarily that way. I I look at it more as I'm stalking a goal. And so I'm going to do, I'll I'll continue to practice all the component parts of whatever the goal is. And whether it be a week from, you know, whether it's a time period over a week or it's a time period over two months, at some point, the day is going to come where the stars align, the snow is the right texture, my, my wax is right, and everything's working, and boom, it all comes together. You know, and so that's an approach I take with my students, that there doesn't necessarily need to be a rush to do something, you know, that we can work on the skills and the building blocks and essentially stock our goal. Uh, Greg, in conclusion... What is one thing you really seek to improve in your writing this season? And what's one thing you're really looking to improve in your teaching? To improve in my writing, overall, I need to stay more healthy. Um, And in doing that, I think that means I need to have a little bit more finesse in my snowboarding. Um, That's going to be working on all, again, I think that comes back to those component parts and making sure that those are all there. Um, as, far as, as far as teaching goes, I think with, with anyone, it's always um, making sure that my patience is in check for people. And that's not to say that I believe I'm impatient necessarily, but on any given day, I might have worked with a number of people prior, and I get to the, the next person, and if I'm not patient, I might look, I might not see them as the individual they are and just assume that, no, you can do this. You know, we've done these things. Come on, let's do this. And when that doesn't happen, when the patience isn't there, I don't, I, I think the, the individualism of that person I'm teaching is lost. So that, that's always something that I, I keep my eye on. Greg, it's been great visiting with you. I sure appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Well, thank you very much. I look forward to great catching up with you, with you later well. in the year. Thank you so much. From the PSIA AASI Mobile Studios in Annapolis, Maryland, I'm George Thomas. Thanks so much for listening to First Chair.